Welcome to the Navigate with Faith podcast. It's your girl, Elisa. And I'm Sierra. And we are your cool Christian chicks coming at you once again yeah. with that living room talk. A little yeah. bit in the kitchen, a little bit of talk on the patio too. You know what I'm saying? That hallway talk when you're facing back and forth. When you're sitting, you sitting on the floor. Girl with the feet sat- up on the ceiling. Girl. On the ceiling. <laughs> All right, on, the, on the other wall. On the other wall. On the other wall. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not tall enough to have. Me either. I don't know why I said that. Like, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I, Goliath? Who am I? <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> it's all good, though. It's you know, all good. My cousin used to walk around the house on the phone. I never understood. She would pace. Yeah. That's a very PG-13 conversation for you to walk all through the house on the phone. Girl, and be like, yeah, mopping the <laughs> flow, rearranging your closet. You get so busy on the phone. Girl. Yeah. But uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Start reminiscing. Anyways. Speaking of just like... A mix and array of things, yeah. you know, just trying to keep busy and, um, you know, keep your mind off of whatever you, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Uh, usually I can help you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think, I think what you, where you're trying to go is, yeah, we, we probably, we'll probably do it a little different this time and just kind of have some casual conversation in reference to this year. Which is like discombobulated, just like what I was trying to say. Just what so that's where mess, you was going. Hot mess, I knew. Like, okay, I could see you a little bit. It was a hot mess, like like this. No, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, you know what's go. First of all, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> father, father, we laugh to keep from crying, y'all. Okay, so 2020, Father, can you hear me? <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So we are in the midst, in the midst of uh, chaos, pandemic, uh, health pandemic, cultural pandemic. Hmm. We are wedged right between, you know, Christian culture, black culture, you know. Hmm. It's been interesting trying to navigate these uncertain times and remain at peace, mm-hmm. remain filled with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. remain trusting in God while also having very real emotions. Yeah. Ooh, girl. And so that's what we're talking about today. We that's what we're talking about today. Um so yeah, let's let's go ahead and pray right quick. Yeah. All right. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for your strategy. Lord, I love you so much. You are so strategic. You are a God of logic. You do things um, that don't even meet our eye. I just want to thank you, Lord God, for your spiritual direction. And, you know, we're here today, Father God, just to pour our hearts out here on this mic. You know, whether it be just to let someone know that they are not alone. Uh, you know, your emotions, um, were, you know, were God-given. You know, we, we feel you, right? I feel you. So we're asking in the name of Jesus. Lord God, that we speak boldly and that we speak uh, truthfully, Lord God, and that there is also um, lots of encouragement within what it is that we say. You know, um, Lord, our hearts go out to our listeners, Lord God, and as you fill up our hearts, we really just want to say thank you. I want to thank you in advance for uh, just allowing peace uh, to to come, to become, you know, at the end of this. So I'm asking, dear Lord, that you bless the, uh, that you bless our listeners, you know, allow 
us to speak spiritually and allow them to hear with a spiritual ear, Lord God, and allow this conversation to carry on, you know, have them have conversations with their parents or, you know, with their children or their friends, Father God, just allow at least a conversation to spark, you know, so that we can um, think differently about, you know, how we move forward or how we go about things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, you know, I was just, I started to think, Mm -hmm. um, I remember exactly where I was when this COVID-19 stuff really hit the fan. And it's so funny because Sierra and I actually were about a week away, about a week or two away from traveling. My heart. (laughs) <laughs> for her birthday, we were going to go to Cali. Yeah, I was going to be out near the West Coast. I was going to be in Vegas for a work trip. Um, and the whole project, the whole contract, just stuff stopped. And I remember I stepped out of my office when the plug was pulled on our contract. A couple of days, actually, before I was to fly out to this convention that I was working and designing for, I stepped out the office And I remember giving Sierra a call. And I said, "Uh, sis, okay, so our project just got stopped, which meant that I wasn't going to be flying out to Vegas for this project, which meant that my flight from Vegas to L.A. for our um, birthday celebration, that was going to have to be worked out. And... I remember having a piece about it, I think, um, early on that didn't really make sense. It surpassed understanding. I, it didn't really make sense because I should have been disappointed. It was something we were, pra- we were, you know, preparing for. And I think ultimately when I called her, I said, listen, I think we really need to pray about if we want to continue to have um, these plans to go to Cali. Um, You know, there are some health concerns that are arising. And although it was a conversation we didn't like, matter of fact, Sierra was out shopping for the trip when I gave her a call. And so it was not fun, but ultimately... I think God gave us a piece about it early on. It took some time. Sierra had to go back and, and pray <laughs> to get our attitude together, you know. But I think early on, understanding that this thing was so much larger than us and what we wanted to do. And we couldn't just look at it as like, oh, well, forget about all this. We were called to be wise in that situation. Um, And we actually ended up being like a step ahead of the shutting down of cities, actually. Mm -hmm. Because by the time we had called off our trip, by the time we did decide to call off our personal trip, we were literally like the day after that, the city of L.A. shut down. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was like... Everything got so much worse the closer it got to the day we were supposed to actually be flying out to the point where either way, this decision was going to have to be made. And um, I just remember feeling like, dang, like we really we had we had made a wise decision even before it was a mandatory decision. Mm -hmm. How did you feel in that moment? (laughs) She's still getting over it a little bit. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, um. Yeah. No. So I heard about the little the little thing, little, the little virus, and um. <laughs> You know, people say, look. <laughs> right. So, heard about your little virus. Yeah, but, you know, no disrespect because yeah. I do know that people have lost, you know, loved ones and jobs and things like that behind it. But um, I will say for my own selfish reasons, I was upset. Mm-hmm. I um I did not want to accept it. You know, and I'm like, okay, so what's the reason you don't really want to go now? Oh, because it's the airport. Okay, well, we can fly to, you know, we can go to another airport and we can just rent a car. You know, I was, you know, like how we do. We always be trying to make stuff make sense, you know, in our minds, do things that we think makes the most sense. But um, it took me a while. I was like, okay, well, God still loves me, and I know he's not doing this to punish me, so I guess this is what's supposed to be happening. But I will say it was it was a hard pill to swallow, but that's because I wasn't able to take myself out of it. Again, it was my birthday. You know, I had planned to do something. I had set aside money, buying, you heard say I was buying clothes. You know, I um I had myself in it, and it was hard for me to take myself out of it and see the bigger picture. So my frustration came from me being selfish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think one thing about this year is it has, it has really— really required an unselfishness from us mm-hmm. as people as a as you know a country we have had to be selfless mm-hmm. in terms of it was no longer like me and my lane now you have to take precautions um, not only for your health, but for the health of others, for the health of your loved ones, for the health of those who don't have great health. Now you have a higher responsibility to um, not just focus on what's best for you, but what's best for, you know, those around you. And, you know, even going into the race situations and the the racism situations that have happened and in standing up, we've had to be called to not just do what's best for you, but do what's best for, you know, the black community as well. And those who are underserved, those who've been oppressed, those who are being, um, being targeted in these situations. It's called people of all races to have to think about someone other than just themselves. And so this year has been interesting because we're all experiencing the same 2020 at the same time. And I don't think we've ever had a year quite like this as a country where, you know, these events really transcend, you know, your little personal bubble. And so I think as believers, it's been so interesting because I remember praying about the health concerns, but feeling a peace about it in terms of, I remember really questioning if it was something that had to be prayed away, per se. Good. Let me tell y'all something. So, so Lisa was at peace about the virus. I was at peace about the protests. I, I was so annoyed with her piece. I'm like, are you not understanding how bad I want to go to California? Okay, so, t- girl, I, look, I even tried to go to Hawaii. I'm like, <laughs> we're going we somewhere. Okay, I don't care about this virus. We lived in the Key West. We lived, it was like, we was, I mean, we I'm like, okay, so I'm about to drive to Memphis. Like, it was like, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was trying to come up with all kind of things. Now, I do remember she really was at peace. And um, it turned out to be 
okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, I still was able to celebrate a birthday. Life still went on. The Lord still granted me another year. And we got so much work done with yes. with, pod, with, with the pod, with, with podcast. We got mm-hmm. so much work done with our podcast that I will say, at the very least, we, we've been joyful. Yeah. We've been joyful. And I think... I think that joy is like a, um, in my opinion, joy is God's gift, like joy and peace, because there are things that can't be taken away from you, right? They are internal feelings. We can be emotional. We can have emotions. And, you know, you can be happy and sad and up and down, you know what I mean? But it was that joy, I think, that sustained her during the virus. And um, it was the joy that sustained me, you know, within um, within this, this race relation pandemic. Epidemic. Mm-hmm. This makes me definitely think about First Peter five and seven. Mm-hmm. It says, "Cast your cares upon God, for He cares for you. Cast mm-hmm. your burdens onto Jesus. <laughs> he cares for you." <laughs> you remember that song about? Okay, Sunday school. What's up, VBS fam? What's up, VBS fam? Um, no, but it, it really makes me think about that, which is super, super important because. You know, in the breakdown of this in the Life Application Bible, it says don't submit to circumstances, but to the Lord who controls circumstances. Don't submit to circumstances, but to the Lord who controls circumstances. And in these times where we are out of control, right, for some people who I think don't subscribe to a certain faith, this was like a like a shocker to their system. Hmm. What? I'm not in control. You know, what? Yeah. I, I can't I can't just go where I want to go now. I can't just do what I want to do. I can't just choose to wear a mask and not wear a mask. Okay, what? Now you're trying to tell me that I can't leave my house? Now you're trying to give me a curfew? To them, you know, and to most people, I think uh, we've gotten so used to making the decision that's best for us and everybody just do your own thing. But then to hmm. be in a situation where you realize, um, Health concerns like this can be out of your hands, and it can still affect you and everyone. Like, it's not always just a cause and effect based on your personal life. There are things that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think as believers, when we recognize, well, I know that God is in control. Now, there's a difference between God being the cause and God allowing. You know, mm-hmm. God allows things to happen that He did not necessarily send. That's, you know, where sin entered the world, you know, he, you know there's sin here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so so things may be allowed, but he didn't necessarily cause it. I would never say that God caused the virus, but I do mm-hmm. understand that along with, you know, in particular, you know, when we look at the cultural pandemic here, you know, that the things that are coming to a head, we see that that is consequences of sins rising to the top, sins, 400 years worth of sin rising to the top, systemic sin, you know what I mean? Racism is a sin. So when you see consequences of actions that people made in their free will rising to the top, I think you realize as believers, we realize, okay, God did not cause it, but God will finish it. And ultimately, Mm. I know that he has my best interest at heart. He has, you know, um, his father's best interest at heart. And now is a really good time to tuck 
into him and really like nestle close to him. And I think that there is a a peace and a joy that is unexplainable that we technically should not have during this uncertain time, mm-hmm. you know, amongst, you know, the, the protests, amongst the chaos, the frustration, amongst, you know, us still trying to protect ourselves from this virus lurking behind every corner and right. on every surface. And so during these certain uncertain times, just like First Peter said, you know, cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. You know, I think this was a really good time for us to make sure that we are hiding God's word in our heart and being wise, taking precautions, not out of fear, but out of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's been really, really interesting And we're going back and forth between these things because all of this stuff is swirling at the same time. Mm. And we will be doing ourselves and our listeners a disservice Mm. if we did not discuss what's happening in our midst, you know, what is what is really happening in our midst. So what's on your mind, C? Well, you would when you came out of Peter, I was thinking about Peter and um, I was thinking about them on the boat with the storm. Mm. And, I mean, waves was tossed in. They was being slung from left to right, you know, on this boat. And I feel bad because I can't get, tell y'all right where it's at. I'm going to tell y'all by the end of the podcast the story. But, I mean, things was just, I mean, slanging. The waves is coming. Water getting all in their boat. Salt water in their eye. I mean, the thunder coming. It was terrible. But Jesus was there. And Peter saw Jesus in the midst of it. So Matthew 14, 22 and 33, I got y'all. But Jesus was there in the midst and nobody really saw him until you you had to be looking for him. You know what I mean? And, you know, we know that Peter and Jesus had a relationship, which to me makes me feel like Peter knew Jesus, knew his character and was like, okay, I know my boy out here somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking for Jesus and found Jesus. And because um, it was people in the boat who didn't know. When you see him at, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't identify him. And that's kind of the word that we are in today. There are some of us who see the Lord in the midst of the storm. And there's some of us who don't see him. There's some of us who don't recognize him, but we see him, you know, and we walk toward him. And we see Peter getting out that boat, walking on water to Jesus, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. And I think that's where peace and joy comes from, Mm -hmm. is that we, there's some circumstances that are around us, although it might be some salt water in our eyes, our boat might be rocky, the wave might be almost throwing us under the water, we keep our eyes on God because we recognize him and we know his character and he is there for us and he is there with us. And even when Peter lost focus, because, you know, Christians, we're not always perfect. Sometimes we get wrapped into stuff. It was a lot of things during this year. Um, I know you and I were passionate about, you know, and we, we got wrapped up in it and almost took our eyes off of God. And when we slipped, he caught us. Just like when Peter slipped, he caught him and brought him back to the boat and calmed the storm. I find joy and I find peace in knowing that there is a calm after the storm. I've never seen a thunderstorm where once the storm was over, the sun did not come out and it looked like it won't never rain. The street might be wet a little bit, but things have changed. Now uh-huh. now, the, now the plants have been watered, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Be washing my car sometime, you know, my car look better, you know, after the rain. Things just change after the rain. I think we get caught up in the storm. And if we didn't know God before the storm, then they, or we didn't know Jesus before the storm, it's challenging to see him and recognize him within the storm. Wow. That was so good. Thank you, Lord. That, that was really, really good. <laughs> you know, one thing that I know about Jesus um, is that he had a heart for the oppressed. 
He had a heart for the least of them, quote unquote, by society standards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we look at the racially charged situations that have been happening lately, I think there's a lot of people who didn't want to hear nothing about praying or peacefulness, you know, or uh, Christ during this time. And to be transparent, I wasn't even sure how to encourage people in the beginning of this thing with a Christ that some people have beef with Mm -hmm. or think that has gone mute on them, and this is why it's happening. There's some people who don't have no love and no patience and no time for God as black folks because we feel like, okay, well, God let us be oppressed or God let Mm -hmm. us be in slavery or God let us, Mm -hmm. you know, go through these things. Does he not see us? Okay, well, God don't seem like he on our side. And one thing we have to recognize that we know biblically is God's own people were enslaved and oppressed uh, quite a bit. And then he Mm -hmm. came back and he reconciled that. And they've been a blessed country, a blessed nation, Israel, for Years, long years after that, you know, long, a long time after to this day, they have not lost the war because of one of God's promises to the, his nation. Mm. And so I think that I recognize, I remember early on praying about it and saying, Lord, okay, like I'm, me and Sierra are both super, super, super passionate people. Mm-hmm. We was black, black, blacker than black, black. I mean, everything like we were. Afro. <laughs> I mean, we we really was, we was like really down for the cause. And naturally, you know, we were going hard about, you know, our, our, our beliefs about the situation that's going on, our passion, you know what I mean, about black empowerment and feeling angered by the the racism, the the police brutality, the disrespect of our community we were really hot under the collar about it and Sierra took a break off of social media before I did before I had the strength to and you know it was interesting because I kept thinking I shawty like you got a faith-based podcast maybe you should say something faith-based and at the same time, I'm, while I'm sitting there trying to force myself to think of something to say, not saying that I'm not leaning on Christ because I knew that ultimately I was praying through the situation, you know, but trying to formulate the words to encourage people who were past, you know, the point of prayer, some of them verbally saying they were past the point of prayer. Some of the people in my, you know, timeline, some people I went to school with, some people who don't necessarily consider themselves to be Christians or are kind of on that borderline. They was like, man, we good on them prayers now. Now we need to like, uh, you know, (laughs) mess some stuff up. Maybe that's what I want to do. And one, out of respect for the way that people express their dissatisfaction, I didn't want to demean anybody. I know that, you know, I'm not held responsible for what everybody else does. I know that I may not have addressed the situation the same way that everybody else addresses it, but to not make people feel like there's one way to handle their outcry. I didn't want to, you know, be super missionary on, you know, in the midst of expression, right? And so trying to navigate through how to handle my, you know, community 
during this time because I'm just as angry, right? I know that Jesus was passionate about justice. I know that Jesus did not have the best relationship with authority during this day. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the Bible was written from a jail cell, rather mm-hmm. that be going against what was the law of the land during that time, or you know, people who were in the position, Roman soldiers, and and people who, you know oppressing. Or having problems with the way that Jesus and his his followers did things. You know, I know that there are a lot of situations that are happening that I'm not called to be cool with it. Being cool with it does not mean you're doing the Christian thing. Because I very much believe that Christ would be angered by what's happening if he was here, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, walking amongst us during this time. But I don't know if anybody else out there struggled to figure out what to say and how to encourage people or, or what have you or how to navigate this, how to be emotional without being sinful. You know, it was a lot to think about. It was a lot to think about. And to Sierra's point, she was more collected she got to that point faster than I did. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. I was very much like, what are we finna do? What are we finna go? What are we finna do about this? You mm-hmm. know, and 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 really angered. But that anger did not reflect a lack of trust in God restoring this country. But I recognized, and I've heard, you know, a couple of people speak on this. When God, in the Bible, when he delivered, people, communities, generations from things, it did not just come with time. It came with repentance. You know, there's a number of things that need to be corrected. There's a number of people that need to repent. And so when we recognize that some of this stuff is a rising to the top, a purging of poisonous things that have been pumped into our society, into our communities. We're seeing a purging. We're seeing people who've never spoken up speak up. We're seeing a a space for us to be, you know, black AF, you know, and everybody just got to sit there and let us be black right now and let us be outraged. We see, you know, a bonding amongst cross communities that I've never seen before. We've been marching for a while. You know, but I've seen more of a understanding in a in a transcending of communities where I can honestly say one of the most beautiful things that have come out of this is we not marching alone, you know, this time. We really aren't. And so to me, I've realized, okay, I feel like this is a purging. I feel like this is a process. And I do believe that God will get the glory, you know, at the end of this. The Bible is filled with a lot of messy ways to justice, a lot of messy ways to peace to the promised land. You know, there's a lot of protest in God's word. There's a lot. This is this has been happening in cycles since the beginning of time. You know, um, doesn't mean that one people are more chosen than the next. No, it does not. It does not, you know, um, you cannot assign God's opinion of people based on the selected group that another group chose to be sinful towards. You know, we when we recognize that racism is a sin, that oppression is a sin, you know, you you cannot say that God cares more about one group than the other based on how people have manipulated or used 
a situation to be sinful. If someone is a victim of something, you cannot say that that victim is less loved by God because they were the one that was the target of someone being evil toward them, right? But we do understand that we all have to give an account. We all will, will, will reach a point, you know, where we have to stand before God and give an account on how we treated our neighbor and how we, you know, utilize God's word, you know, not just for our benefit, not just for the benefit of our community, not misusing and abusing the way we've seen, you know, back in slavery. Unfortunately, when your oppressor is your missionary, it causes problems. And I think that that is what we're starting to see and why I recognize and discern that some of my peers, you know, some of my classmates really ain't trying to hear that guy stuff. And it's tough because I've heard a number of people say, oh, well, I don't want to hear about it, especially now in the midst of Black Lives Matter and the midst of this because they believe and they are associating it and it's hurting me. But they're affiliating and associating Christianity to, you know, slave masters. We know that Christianity predates slavery by at least 2000 years. We know that there were blacks all throughout the Bible. We know that the way that trade works, it doesn't even make sense to imply that we didn't get faith until we were slaves or that it would not have gotten to, you know, certain communities without slavery. That's just simply untrue. Africa is closer in proximity to, you know, Israel. It, it just doesn't make logical sense. We know Simon in the Bible from modern day Libya was the African man who helped Jesus carry his cross. But I, but besides all of that and not having the time or not feeling like that was the purpose right now is to explain that down to everybody just so I can encourage them. You know what I mean? Recognizing I need to pray and cover and intercede on the behalf of, you know, the pain that my community is experiencing and also the misunderstanding or the hurt and, you know, also making sure that as believers we are representing Christ. Christ and the fact that he does love us all and he does make correction and he will his love will prevail you know it's just been tough there's been a lot of things that I've thought through and tried to balance and figure out okay am I being too black am I being you know what I mean and not enough Christian am I being too Christian and not enough black it's an interesting place to be in I think and and this has um this year has challenged us all in a lot of areas how you feeling sis I, I I always thought that it was a heart thing, mm -hmm. and you know I've I've always thought it was a heart thing, and if we think you know that we are going to continue to operate in this world and not give God any regard when He created us and this world created the world before He created us, then we have another thing coming, mm -hmm. and I think that we had to go through a shakeup because, like I love to mention, He is a very strategic God, and we can't see what it is that He's doing, but it's something. And I don't know that we can continue to go on in this world and not give him any credit. I don't know that we can go on in this world and use his name in vain and not use it for good. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we can continue to ask him for things and we not work on ourselves at all any. You mentioned earlier that this was a selfless practice, and it is. It's causing us to operate outside of self. It's causing us to really go deep in our heart, spending a lot of time at home, which means you got a lot of time to sit there and seek yourself. Ooh. You got a lot of time to figure some stuff out. You got a lot of time to sit there and read some books read some chapters online streaming is all off the chain right now because this was what we needed a lot of us are just busy 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 doing nothing no now you're not busy and you're gonna do what matters to me because that none, none nothing else matters to 
me, except for you all getting it right. And again, not because I'm just this big old mean spirit walking around here floating this earth. It's because you went too long doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I got grace. I love you. I'll give you the things in which your heart desires. But scripture says, delight ourselves in the Lord so we can get get the things that our heart desires. Not just have the things that our heart desires because where's your heart at? And I, you know, and I like to mention in Genesis, the Lord didn't separate us by color. Mm. It was by language because they were all trying to build this tower to get up to God because of his goodness. They just wanted to see him. He said, hold on, this might be successful. I need to, sw- I need to switch some stuff up. He separated us by language. When he blessed the tribe of uh, Jacob, it was, you know, j- to give them land in all parts of the world. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it won't by no by the skin. It's unfortunate that people would see a color who cannot assimilate. And it ain't that's not my choice. There are other races that, you know, have a different skin tone that can be easily, you know, grouped, you mm-hmm. know, into into the quote unquote majority. Um, and but African Americans, we can't. I think that that's what makes us unique. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about this melanin. Melanin is, you know, is an ingredient that's up in them trees, which would insinuate that we just is straight up blessings from God because I remember when he <laughs> created them trees. It's just really disheartening. And I think that it's just, it's just bigger than us. It's really, yeah. It really is bigger than us. And I think we went so long just trying to live our life without God, without considering God, without considering other people. And now that we don't have a control over this it's like, okay, well, what do we do now? And it's like, hello, God is, I feel like God is out here screaming in people's face. Like, what you mean what you do now? You ain't sat down and said, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, nothing. you ain't even said your grace since this. You know what I mean? Wow. It's like, do you? what do you mean? What else is you supposed to do? How many thorns you going to have in your side before you realize that I'm trying to help you? Mm-hmm. We just sitting here and like, I can't believe that the Lord would do this to me. Oh, well, he did this to me. God didn't, he he orchestrated, but he just didn't do it. If we had been obedient from the jump, we wouldn't be going through the things in which we're going through. Obedient as a people. In obedient terms of, as a of, people. Of, to God's word, because there were people, this is a fact, there were people that misused and abused God's word to get what they wanted from it, to manipulate other groups of people. And we've seen that time and time again, but... You know, and, and they misuse and they abuse. They misuse and they abuse. But that does not mean that they were accurately utilizing God's word. God's character was taken out of that when they were manipulating people with this word. Yeah. God's intention. None of this ha- is a reflection of anything that Jesus told these people to do. Yeah. And I think that that is something that now I heard a quote that said the most segregated time in America is Sunday morning. Because it's now a time where us as believers, we have to come together and live life according to God's word, which is unifying. Yeah. You cannot be a believer in Jesus Christ and not be unified and not love your neighbor as yourself. It didn't say love your black neighbor, love your white neighbor, love your evangelical neighbor, love your, you know, Christian neighbor. It says love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. That is the this 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 is the greatest of the commandments. Somebody asked in the Bible, okay, well, which one would you prefer? You know, which one do you think would be the greatest? That is the greatest. Jesus responded, but I just really think that this is challenged and purged everyone. Y'all been talking the talk. Now it's time to walk the walk. Walk in love. You know what I'm saying? I really think that it's hard for us to exercise something that we do not see. 
often. And we do not look up in a world every day and see love and kindness. This is not, you know, Harlem back in the 60s. Hey, 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 how you doing? How you doing? We not, you know, it's it's, it's different now. And I think we we just possess what it is that we internalize and um, which is dangerous, you know, because if we're saying people, oh, you know, love your neighbor. Some of us don't even really love ourselves. Wow. And it's not that we don't love our true selves, but it's we don't love who we are right now. And we are afraid to figure out who we are because having to face a monster, you know what I mean? If we, if I'm being using just dramatic terms, having to face a monster is tough once you realize that you, you know, you you, you are um, the monster. So I would just encourage each of us to operate in love, define love. What does love mean to you? You know, and um, I, you know what I started since this since this has started. I've started like when I ride home and I see people outside. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm like what's up? You know, you know, people are like, oh, oh, hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> but because that used to be a thing. Like yeah. we used to be in the neighborhood and throw your hand up and you know, and um, and I just think that maybe we should just get back to that, get back to old things. And you know, and honestly, listen, I'm tired of talking about this. I don't even. I right. feel like. How why we gotta have a conversation about hard work? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? This is all this is is hard work, and I think that a lot of us are frustrated about why it isn't com- why it isn't coming together because we don't realize that we are protesting and we are fighting and we are stressed out and we are ticked off about the hardness in other people's heart. Mm-hmm. We're mad because people don't love. We're mad because people aren't showing peace. We're mad because people are not full of justice. We're mad because people are unfair. That wow. is, those are hard things. They aren't loving themselves. They're not loving their neighbor as themselves because as themselves means empathy, right? Oh. And I've noticed that some of the conversations that have been frustrating is when somebody says something, let's say they said something in support, you know, of the black community. If it if we didn't feel like it was heartfelt enough, we're like, that's not good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if we see people don't say nothing, we're like, oh, okay, so you're not affected. Mm-hmm. And I think that <laughs> I think that the average person would understand our plight and understand our hurt and understand our frustration. Mm-hmm. But you are starting to see the difference between people who are sympathetic and empathetic. Mm-hmm. The people who are empathetic, you know what I mean? And these are people of all colors, praise God, all colors. We are seeing the people who say, my heart, My heart hurts the same way that your heart hurts. You know, it may not have the historical depth to it, but I'm hurt by this and I'm angered by this situation and I want justice too. And I want to lean into my brothers and sisters of the black community and show my support and solidarity or, you know what I mean, march with them, support them. That is empathy. That is loving your neighbor as yourself because it could be you next time, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that is how you're starting to see the difference. And I have noticed that our attitudes toward people tend to be those who we're not receiving that full-on love from or we don't feel like you're even trying to dissect to digest what we're going through you're not even trying to understand you're giving excuses for the situation you're trying to to justify the situation you're trying to you know criticize our emotions or the way that we express them rather than focusing in on do you agree that we matter yes or no and so to your point yeah, we're tired because this ain't our first rodeo. You know, some people may be 100% ready to go out there and, and fight this fight, you know, because this is the first fight they've been fighting. You know, this is the first time they've joined the war. We're tired of talking about it. We're tired of, of dealing with it. You know, um, like I said earlier, Sierra took a break from social media for a while and, and took a breather. I got there a little later 
and really had to draw nearer to Christ and refocus on Christ because I wanted to sit in that for a while. You know, I was very passionate for a while and I still am. But we all have moments where we have to refocus and remember, I trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. And my priority is making sure that I am pleasing Him. Mm -hmm. And God's Word says, in your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say that anger is a sin. So, yes, I can be angered by the injustice, you know, but I can also, in the midst of that anger, use that as a content of my prayers. Yeah. And so it's been a tough pill to swallow for a lot of us. It's been tough for the black community because we now have to, you know, forgive. We're now with dealing with the task of forgiving and not hating, you know, a, a group or um, a force or a community, you know, um, that we have beef with. But you don't lose anything by forgiving. You don't. You gain like your peace. Like none of— none. You lose nothing by yeah. being fair. You lose nothing by acknowledging somebody. You lose nothing by forgiving somebody. You, you lose nothing by loving somebody. And it's like, it's so hard for people to pull it out because it's like, you're just going to lose. You ain't going to lose nothing. Mm -hmm. If anything, you're going to gain things and your life will be better or it'll, it'll change tomorrow. We Let's not forget for those of us who believe Christ and his work and what he did, the last thing he did, his dying prayer was that <laughs> forgive we them. forgive. For they know not they what they do. They don't even know. So I can't even tell Take it personal. My peace has been become you clear, clearly you ignorant. God protect babies and fools. You clearly you a fool because you obviously mm -hmm. are not understanding the depth what, of what your is sin. You too. you clear it's, it's clearly. Right. I, and I hope before you die that you ask the Lord that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that we can all be playing around mm -hmm. together in heaven. Because what you doing down here on this place that's extremely temporarily how you, how you all are handling this temporary situation? Those who decide to mistreat people mm -hmm. who want to be unequal, who want to be unfair, you putting too much energy into this temporary place. So honestly, I'm gonna pray for you because you truly you clearly you don't know. Right, you're a fool. Wow, and God God will protect you. Wow. That is that is so solid. That is so solid. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Yeah. His last thing was praying for those who persecuted him and crucified him. And he didn't say it in the terms of, oh, they just don't have any consciousness. Hmm. They don't have any understanding of the fact that they're doing something mean. Mm -hmm. I think that he was saying, forgive them of their ignorance of their spiritual repercussions and the spiritual implications of what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. They do not understand the level of spiritual implications that are in their sinful action. You don't understand. There are people who've been taught to treat other people this way. There have yeah. been people who have been yep. trained to yep. treat other people this way. There have been people who have shut off that side of the brain that even, you know, wants to research and find out if there's any truth to it. Yep. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And so, you know, I think ultimately it's been a trying year already. But I think that one thing I know is that there's no way that we're going to come out of this the same way that we went in. Absolutely there was a not. whole lot of stuff under that rug, you know what I mean, under the rug that just got snatched away. We are finding ourselves 
valuing those that people used to dismiss. Essential workers Mm -hmm. now are the heroes of our community, Mm -hmm. right? Your teachers, they were paying them scraps. They still do. Now you got people who are getting a taste of, oh, dang, this is what it's like to bring my child from point A to point B. Hmm. I'm sitting here criticizing how a woman does this or a man does this in the classroom for eight hours with, you know, 42 of my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, my child's age or, Mm -hmm. or a group of toddlers or whatever it is. You know, people were so critical before without being empathetic, Mm -hmm. right? People were uh, seeing that these people are out here working hard day to day. You're making judgments on their lifestyle. You're making judgments on their life's decisions because they're standing at a drive-thru window. Now you praising them because thank God somebody is here to pass me some food (laughs) because I'm home. Yeah. Right. Or I'm, I'm not I can't sit in anybody's fancy restaurant. So now thank God for somebody delivering this to me. When that used to. Right. When that used to be the least of them before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. And now who is getting the criticism? Who are who are where, where what are we peeling back the, the rug on those who we used to assimilate to want to be like mm-hmm. you want to be like the CEO. Now CEOs are being challenged. Our spiritual eyes are opening. Spiritual ears are, are opening, and it's been a it's been an awakening time. The script it is really being flipped. Been. It is, and that's all. We're I mean. praising the right people now. We're not praising the CEO. Not saying there's nothing there's wrong something wrong with the CEOs, but we praising you know those who can't not work. You know, real realizing that they're human. We we're no longer three fifths of a person. That's over. We're mm-hmm. we're people. We're mm-hmm. human. I just don't look like you. And honestly, you got eyes, I got eyes, nose, ear, mouth, all of us got the same thing. So technically, I mean, we we just the same person. My heartbeat, your heartbeat. I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand. And you know, and again, I'm just, you know that there's something wrong in your heart. You know. You know that you know that your heart is impure. People always know when their heart is not right. You mm-hmm. know it. And I can look at people, and I have I have since then been able to look at people, their behavior, and how they move and how they operate, and be like, wow, that's a heart problem. Yeah. That's a heart problem. Yeah. And I'm not a surgeon. I went to school for... <laughs> <laughs> and if you notice you have a heart problem, you got two options. You can make excuses for it, or you can get to work and get to changing it. And that's the tough part. And a lot of people, you know, it, it's... A lot of people, it's easier for them to just make excuses or justify it. But, yeah, y'all, we just wanted to have this conversation. We really struggled to even yeah. make the decision to have this conversation because initially we really didn't want to. Like Sierra said, we was tired of talking about it. We had talked about it till we was blue in the face. We talked about it with our family. We talked about it with our friends. This is this has consumed our true. life, as I'm sure it has many of you absolutely consumed. I didn't get no work done, you know, from about May 28th through maybe June 4th, I I didn't get any work done because all I was doing was, you know, seeing what the latest update was, uh, making sure I'm posting uh, resources, making sure I'm, you know, like it was a lot of things going on and it was distracting and it was heartbreaking and it was overwhelming and it was emotional. But ultimately, we had a few people ask if we were going to be dropping this on the podcast. We were thinking, man, people probably don't want to hear that. Because we tired of hearing that. But then we recognize that, you know, when the Lord gives you space and opportunity to speak his heart, why in the world will we shy away from the hard stuff and the stuff we don't want to talk about out of selfish reason? You know, so we really had to check ourselves and pray about it. We really had to think, if did we want to release this podcast with everything but 
you know, the the elephant in the room, the monster to which, you know, Sierra was talking about. We, do we want to discuss all of these things that, you know, contribute to our life during the, the peaceful times, during the, the calm, you know, but not discuss the storm. Mm. So, y'all, we uh, we really had to do some hard work and search to, to get to this point where we decided to put this on the mic. Yeah. You know, because it is important. And um, it's the real, real. That's really what it comes down to. We're praying for forgiveness. I'm Sierra. I'm Elisa, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, I'm Elisa. This is how you navigate with fate, man. No, but, <laughs> but this, this is how you navigate, navigate with fate. fate. Thank you for listening to the Navigate with Faith podcast. We want to give a special thank you to Dante Hodge, our executive producer and editor. And a special thank you to the Pigment Playground for designing our show artwork and graphics. Music by Turn Me Up J. Cav. This episode was recorded at Listen Up Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Subscribe to the Navigate with Faith podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on social media and Navigate with Faith on Instagram and Facebook and Navigate W Faith on Twitter.